0: increasing regulation market saturation and rising interest rates still think short-term rentals make sense you're not alone join industry experts bill faith and kenny bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve identifying trends before they happen or blowing them away outright with their insights this is Anomics. Are you looking to invest in short-term rentals in North Carolina or South Carolina? There's a lot of great markets there, but even more important than the markets are that you find the right agent. And that's where my man, Tyler Kuhn, comes into place. I personally used him for three purchases, totaling over $3.5 million, and I would not look to anybody else. Just jump down into the show notes right here below the podcast, click on the link, and book a free discovery call with Tyler to explore the opportunities in both North Carolina and South Carolina today. Hey everybody, Bill Faith here. I'm joined by my buddy, Kenny Bedwell from STR Insights. Today, we're going to be talking about the best markets to buy in right now, right now, not a month from now, not last month, not in June, right now. And before we start, I'm going to tell you, it's not Gallimber. It's not Gold Shores. It's not Dustin, right? It's probably not Broken Bow. It's probably not any place that anybody really has been talking about, but There's also these like total random places that people say you can get 80% cash on cash and you probably can based on last year's numbers. So you still need to be super, super cognizant of how COVID has affected numbers in, in 2020 and in 2021. And even kind of coming through 2022. And I want everybody to keep something in mind. If you haven't made more money in the last 12 to 16 months than you've ever made in your life as an entrepreneur, whether you're an STR or have another business or whatever, um, then you probably are doing something wrong because we've all made more money. That's why inflation has gone up, amongst other things. And
1: it's uh, like, a, sorry, Bill, we, should, we need to have like a bold statement alert thing coming, you know, bold statement.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But Bill's going to say, if you haven't made more money than in the last yeah. year, and your whole life, then, you know, you're doing something wrong. Well, you are. So, but that's all stopping right now. and starting to <laughs> slow down. We're seeing it in our bookings, right? Coming through the fall and going into winter. You see it in the housing market. You know, I think a lot of this stuff's forced by our government, but uh, we got to pivot around that. So it's going to be even more important as we move forward as investors into kind of uncharted territory where this really started in April. And Kenny talked about it even at the, my national conference, right? And we've been talking about it kind of all summer. As these things matriculate and play out with our economic situation, so Kenny, let's let's just start chatting about it. Where's the best place to buy right now?
1: Yeah, I love it, man. Loaded questions, loaded questions. So here's the thing, guys. The best place here's a, here's a quick and and uh, here's a quick and dirty answer. The down and dirty answer. There we go. We can we can, the, can we can end the have to get We yeah, are right Chris. Chris, where are you, Chris? We need some special <laughs> effects here. I know, right? We we can end the podcast after this. Honestly, guys near national parks. So I and I would say I would say too near national parks that not everybody's talking about. People travel to national parks consistently every single year. And the number of travelers going to national parks has significantly increased. I'm not talking about the Smoky Mountains. Because everybody goes there. It's the number one trafficked national park in the country. I'm not talking about Joshua Tree. Um, I'm really not talking about the Grand Canyon because there's nothing there. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm talking about Hot Springs, Arkansas. I'm talking about Shenandoah.
0: No, 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 no. We don't talk about Hot Springs. <laughs> we
1: don't talk about Hot Springs. No. I'm talking about, oh, man, what's that new one in West Virginia? It's near. Snowshoe. Right by the place right by Snowshoe.
0: Yeah. Okay, I, I don't remember the
1: park name. Yeah, I forget it. There's also one in Ohio as well. That's surprisingly pretty well. Oh, um, Logan, Ohio. Yeah. Logan it does do really well. That's so a state <laughs> park, though, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it Logan is a state park. Well yeah. Logan, Ohio is the prime example, right? That Tenny identified as like the number one market when he first started working on SDR Insights, like last summer. And right. It probably was, because you could, what was, God, what was like a seven or eight bedroom, 5,000 square foot house for like 300 grand? Yeah. People were going there, but there was, there's no, there's no economy. There's no business. There's like a sawn farm there. And there's an entrance to a state park. Awesome. If you own there in 2020, but like 2022 and beyond, there's not going to be any freaking business there. So you got to think in post COVID terms of what's driving your traffic. So Kenny, you say national park. I've got the top 10 national parks pulled up and the amount of traffic. How many, I mean, I know you're a national park. I've been out of the top 10. How many do you think you will not, would not pop into your head if I gave you a minute to say the top 10 parks? How many national parks wouldn't pop in my would head? Would you not know out of the top 10? Um, out of the top 10, I probably know all of them. I know, but would they? Would you be able to put them into the top 10? So I'm gonna start with Acadia Acadia National Park. That's number three. 4.06 million people visit that park a year. I would have never yep. found about mountain either. Another one that I've never even heard of before in my life, Indiana Dunes National Park. Mm. You ever heard of that before? I, I've heard of it, but I, I assume it's in Indiana, but the way our national parks go, and I could like be in New Mexico. <laughs> right? Uh, 3.17 million people visit Indiana Dunes National Park. I mean, you got Grand Canyon, 4.53 million, Rocky Mountain National Park, 4.43, then Acadia. Teton National Park, 3.88. Then Yosemite, 3.28. A lot of people are buying in Yosemite right now, all through Central California. Uh, Indiana, 3.17. And then Glacier Glacier National Park at 3.08 million people. The interesting thing to me is that there's no Yellowstone and there's no Smokies on this list. No Yellowstone, no Smokies. That's pretty interesting. No. So do you think people are investing in Indiana Dunes National Park or Acadia National Park? Probably not no. probably because they don't talk about it on Facebook because nobody's done a Google search for the most visited national parks. And right. if you follow what Kenny just said, do a Google search. And I should probably correct my spelling. Hopefully this doesn't, you know, nope, it's still the same. Uh, I haven't lost national parks. And so the most national park, most visited, <laughs> I'd lost visited. Uh, it's still the same. And I agree with Kenny. I'm actually going to look into a K- stuff around Acadia National Park in Indiana right. and
1: What I really like too about national parks, the data online is free and they even tell you the number of visitors at that go through each of the entrances as Mm -hmm. well, which is really important if you're looking at a particular, you know, city to invest in.
0: Prime example, Yellowstone. Yes. West Yellowstone versus Cody, Wyoming, the West and the East entrance. I don't know what what the actual numbers are, but nobody goes through the east entrance, right? You know, unless you just love, you know, western South Dakota dunes and highways and freezing cold. I don't know why anybody would live in Cody, Wyoming, unless you're a snowmobiler or you know you you love just having a ranch and cattle or or whatever. But I mean, I'm gonna go ahead because I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look this up. I'll bet there's a million person difference. That goes through West Yellowstone versus Cody, Wyoming. But well, there's more just- than that, I'd imagine. But yeah,
1: I mean, it's uh, it that that's important. But the cool, like like I said, the cool thing about having that is you you can see it. You know, you can actually see the numbers. You can see the, the visitors going through those those different areas. You know, we'll take another example here. Smokies. Uh, those, those who the hell
0: comes from the North Carolina
1: side into the smoking? Cherokee, Yeah, it's true. But more like an actual market that I would invest in, like a Shenandoah. The main entrance to Shen- Shenandoah, one of the popular, more popular ones, is Front Royal. However, Front Royal has some pretty strict vacation rental regulations uh, that you can only do it in certain areas, and I think they might have caps and, and so on. And so, the majority end up getting down to Loray, which is the secondary entrance, but has become has increased because of the short term rentals. The number of short-term rentals, because that's the only place for people to stay. So, And if you know anything about the geography of uh, the Shenandoah Mountains, the national park, it's about an hour and a half from DC and Baltimore. And so, and, L- and Front Royal is kind of like right off the freeway closest to those cities, but because of the regulation, it's actually pushed a lot of the short-term rentals down to Luray, And that, that number has increased for the number of visitors to that park on that side. So I think that It's still not more than, you know, Front Royal, but it has increased because there is a strong correlation with the number of short-term rentals there and the number of visitors. So, you know, that's super interesting. But uh, yeah, national parks are something that people will always travel to. Our country, other countries, you know, visitors from other countries, uh, tourists everywhere are going to national parks. And so it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to say you can't lose, but you have this this uh demand that's always going to be there and so targeting markets like that especially during times of uncertainty is the best way to kind of kind of shore up some of your risk in this industry so i'm going to give you some data
0: Kevin, just on my reference because i love yellowstone meaning the actual park not the show yeah. actually, i actually like the show too but uh, <laughs> 1.75 million people a year go through the west entrance I can't find any data on the East entrance Yeah, they're like coming through Cody. I'm not kidding. There's literally no, I have found no data. So Northeast entrance. I mean, I see pictures, but it shows me no data of, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, there we go. Yes. I found it. 222,000 people go through the Cody entrance. they refer to it as the Northeast entrance, uh, where Gillis don't like as, as opposed to, so one. 1.57, I think it was, you're talking 1.35, more million, 1.35 million more people are going through the west entrance. Right. So there's a reason that Island Park, Idaho is like the capital of STR in that area, right? It's third, 25, depending on where you're at, 20 to 35 minutes to get to the west entrance into Yellowstone. About the closest thing you'll find on the east side is Red Lodge. Because, and that's just because they're skiing there. And it's about 45 minutes or an hour to come down around and go into uh, that east entrance. Think about that because in the south entrance, you know, as well, the south entrance is where you would enter from Jackson, which is a huge, you know, destinational city. Let me see what Jackson is. Jackson's half, it's 874,000. That's the second out of the four. So West Yellowstone, number one, south entrance onto Jackson's number two. Uh, Gardner, the north entrance is going to be number three, and then the east entrance is going to be number four. And it's a huge disparity from 1.7 million people down to less than a quarter million at 220,000. This is the type of research that Kenny and I do through Bill and Kenny's hot picks. and every time that we're looking to invest in properties on our own. And it's a type of deep research that you guys should be doing. We're just talking right now about national parks, the same Siri, the same. Concept applies to state parks, you know, so Kenny mentioned mention hot springs? Uh, I was joking about not mentioning it. He knows I'm investing there right now with a business partner and there's a national uh, or state park. That's literally like a mile from, you know, the epicenter of downtown. There's a lake that's a mile from the epicenter of downtown. Um, those are two huge, you know, natural traffic drivers. You mix in the horse racing track, the casino, uh, to you've got four, major traffic drivers. I didn't know anything about horse racing. I just saw it, you know, all these little places around the country, that usually run down at fairgrounds where you see these old guys walking in, smoking, <laughs> you know, gonna, got my tickets and their paper into their arm to bend on the horses, but it's a big fucking deal. It's like a four to five month long season. there. huge deal from a tourism standpoint. The problem is, is you're not going to get permits. It's, it's not locked down, but it's, it's becoming Asheville, North Carolina, like that right now and there's very few permits that you can get before they totally lock down and they just reduce their cap from 500 to 400. So you need to apply this. This applies to the lake too. You know, I mean I am I'm, I'm in a place called Smith Lake personally. I mean Kenny's by a lake. What's the name of your lake? I can't remember the name of your lake. Uh Seneca Lake. Seneca Lake. And um, he's got views of the life. One thing that's super important in the lake we're on at and I promise you this is a big freaking deal at Lake Travis. You know, which is a huge lake outside of Austin. For me, the closer you are to I-65, the freeway. So people from Birmingham and Nashville, and people that come from Memphis—the three biggest uh, traffic drivers from cities that are going to this lake—the closer you are, the higher your ADR. Right. So if you take the same house, that's so an extra 20-minute drive. What I see is that's typically close to 100 to 125 dollars less on AVR. That's an insane number to be close in that proximity we talked about. It's not always just proximity to the beach or being on like it's proximity to access as well. And I think a lot of people really don't take those things into consideration. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, uh, I, I like that. So it, it's, it's this growing trend of, you know, convenience, a lot of, you know, during COVID, it was the drive of destination. <coughs> And now we want convenient driving destinations, whether it was gas prices that have forced us to be that way, but it's simply convenience uh, that really drives up a market. I want to transition a little bit here, though. so some interesting numbers that we need to be aware of, but also just aware that they could they could actually be misleading. So, um, I was running a report, and I was looking at the so so bill, I want you to take a guess. what state? has the most active rentals in the country? Short-term rentals. I,
0: I would choose one, three. I, I don't know, to be honest with you. Probably one of those three. I, I would say Florida, Texas, or, or California. Yeah, it's yeah. Florida. Yeah, it's Florida. <laughs> so. and it makes total sense because there's so much water around that thing. Right um, Now what I'd be interested in is how many of those short-term rentals are within one mile of water.
1: Yeah, that's probably like nice. 90%. Yeah, I yeah I could see that. Now let me ask you this though. Uh, follow follow up question, or I, I don't have to ask you this. Go So, Florida. So Florida has the most active rentals. Panama City Beach is one of the largest markets in Florida that isn't a city, and Miami is the largest market of rentals across the entire country. Like the biggest metropolitan area with rentals. I was shocked on that one, but. None of the Florida cities are in the top 10 of revenue per active listing, which that thought was interesting. None of them are, and even the state itself drops off considerably into the teens when you take into account revenue per active listing, not just the total number of active listings. So there's a lot of money going into the state. For short-term rentals. It is a vacation rental destination. Um, I was looking and doing the math. It was like over $3.6 billion of revenue of, of all the rentals in Florida. And that might be a little bit off in terms of low. Uh, it could be closer to 4 billion, but that's a lot of money going into the state. However, when we start diving in deeper and we're looking into the actual markets, the, num- the revenue per active listing, which is important for my eyes, drops considerably compared to other states. States like North Carolina, states like uh, even Alabama rank higher than Florida in terms of revenue per active listing.
0: Are you looking to purchase an STR in the Western North Carolina mountains, the high country, maybe even on on the beach of North Carolina and the OBX or all the way down into Hilton Head, South Carolina. My man, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty has you covered And one of the things that I love about Tyler is he specializes in short-term rentals. He takes a no BS approach, is honest, and is filled with integrity. How do I know this? Because I've used Tyler on three transactions, totaling almost $3.5 million, and he has absolutely crushed it for me. Look, if you're not sure where you should invest, he's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. He helped me invest in Banner Elk. North Carolina and Beach Mountain, North Carolina. He's not only just a real estate agent that specializes in short-term rentals. Tyler is also an owner of short-term rentals and owns a management company. So one of the biggest hurdles for us mentally is to get over, how do I find cleaners? How do I find handymen? How do I find a plumber? Well, you know what? Tyler's dialed in and he helps his clients navigate those issues. So if you're looking to invest pretty much anywhere in the Carolinas, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty is your man. And right now he's actually doing a free discovery call. You can click down on the link in the notes and set up your free discovery call with Tyler today. So here's what I would wonder about that data. If you could go one step farther and you look at the revenue per active listing, but the number of days available per listing. So what I I mean, just once again, my hypothesis, my mind goes to I, I hear that data and I agree with it a hundred, but I can't disagree with it. But I just conceivably think that more people probably have second homes. Yeah. You look at you look, you look at where you live, right? You live in New York. I mean, it's like a rite of passage to go to Miami and Boca and you know, <laughs> just to go to Florida during the winter, right? Right. Every entrepreneur that I know, from Long Island to Philly you know, to all those things that the clients, friends, whatever they all own or go to, maybe not go to, but if they do own, they either own on the shore, Jersey shore, they own down in Florida. So I wonder how many of those are not necessarily professional short-term rentals, like not even under property management, but just like, Hey, let's just fire up an Airbnb and put two pictures up there and see if we can get, you know, a couple of bookings of 500 bucks a night to pay the mortgage type of a deal you know, versus you get up into the pan. And I and I would think that would be like, you kind of get out of the panhandle and out of that plundering to, you know, Orlando and Kissimmee area and kind of those high density areas. I think that there might be a lot of, that. I don't know. I'm just kind of sparking conversation really. If you ever watch those shows where they go like this, they want you to expand because, you know, we got to get to like at least 20 or 30 minutes on this podcast. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah no, I, I think that's a valid point. You know, there's a lot of snowbirds that come down And and we know that, but does that necessarily change the fact that there's still rentals during the summertime and how we look
0: at the data? I don't know. So that there's, there's some debate there, but. I'm not going to debate. I just think that people need to look at these. They need to dig deep and they really need to think about the entire marketplace. Right. Right. One of the things that I loved about the banner elk and beach mountain, the whole Western North Carolina market once you and Emil kind of introduced me to that gap, when you guys were doing research, cause that was never on my radar. And, and I want you guys that are listening to understand, I've got $2.2 million invested into Western North Carolina. I have a client that invested well over a million. So I kind of take responsibility for that. So it's like almost 3.5 million I'm responsible for. That's not a shabby number for three properties. I wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Teddy and Emil. I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for STR Insights that they were going through when we were in beta, when Teddy was in beta going through this stuff. But there's more than just data. You have to, what are you doing with that data? Right. right. So, one of the things I absolutely loved about Western North Carolina, it's not, it's, it, it is as simple as I don't have to Gatlinburg. I don't have to, you know, go and do all the. If I do Gatlinburg like I did in my Banner Oak property, I'm going to fucking crush it. Because very few other people are doing that. And that's what I did. But it is an old school legacy, second home market from like people in Raleigh and Charlotte and Tennessee and that type of stuff. And when I did the friendly competitor method and I spent hours and I have spread spreadsheets and different tabs on this and really just looking. Okay. So we always give Celia credit for kind of coining the term golden girls. Right. So you look at these houses that haven't been updated. So I try to keep track. Is this house not been updated since the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, yeah. the two thousands, or potentially like in the last five to seven years, to where it has modern design? And I mean, I could, I, I found like less than a handful. I went through hundreds of properties, less than a handful that were, had been updated to modern design, right? So that's really when the light goes off. I hear that ding, 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 that bell, Bill. What you and what you, what I do, what me and my wife do as a strategy. This market is ripe for that. Yeah. So that's what we've done. And we just took three and a half months, three and a half months to literally get a $500,000 property ready to to be listed. We usually do that stuff in five to seven days, right? Because we wanted to nail it. And honestly, the services suck there. So we didn't have, you know, the support that we need. uh, And we had issues, but we nailed it. She nailed exactly what we do that is that separator. So I think what you have to look at is you look at your data, right? That should help you determine market, should help you determine bed count, should help you determine how much you want to invest. But then you need to go to that next step. And one of the things that I love, you know, it's great with AirDNA DNA when you can type in Red Eliza or put your address in, they give you to the top eight properties. But if you haven't used that dude's tool yet in STR Insights, when I go into Banner Oak or Joshua Tree or Broken Bow or Ogallala, Nebraska, and I see something that I like after all my research, I can click on the map and I can see all, all the comps that are around there. Right. That's something that's super duper important that we can't really do anyplace else. I know I'm not here to, to pitch his tool, but that's what gives me the vision. And I think that's really critical the vision to be able to think out of the box the way that I think when I'm running through my economics, through my numbers, and I'm getting into my evaluation process. And I think a lot of you are just going and running like one set of, of data, one set of numbers through whatever data tool you're using, and then you're making decisions. Yeah. That's just the surface if we're scratching, folks. That's what this, it's the reason that Kenny and I started this whole podcast was to educate you guys that it is so much deeper than that. So much deeper. And there's a lot of, I don't want to call it intellectual property, but there's a lot of learning. You know, the the more that you go through the process of searching and the more notes, the more times you turn down a property and you understand cognitively why you're doing that tied to your data, you're going to get better at evaluating properties. Yeah. I think that, you know, that doing
1: that, using multiple data tools to analyze a property, I, I think I've said it before, so I won't like sit on it, but it, it is, you know, utmost <laughs> important, especially in today's you know, especially with the, you know, uncertainty in the marketplace, when I bought my, you know, property in Watkins Glen, I used four different data tools, including my own to figure out revenue. Cause I was like, I want to make sure if I'm going to spend, you know, this, this significant investment on this property, I want to be a hundred percent sure. And, you know, spending a couple hundred, a few hundred dollars on several data tools just to confirm that, you know helps me sleep better at night and knows, and I know that I'm be
0: headed in the right direction. I mean, you're talking about making for most people the first or second largest investment they'll ever make in their life. It's either a primary residence or their investment property. Right. Right. And most people are just going to buy one. They're not like me that buys this stupid amount of property. So you need to think about it in that terms because most of you cheap out. Yeah. You just heard the fucking founder of STR insights telling you that he used four data tools to buy a sub $400,000 property or Four <laughs> data tools to buy. I think it was three hundred fifty seven or $359,000. It's not because he doesn't trust his own tool. It's because he is a literally by career, a data analyst that wants to see all the data to make a decision. Right. And I'm a big proponent of, of, of STR Insights and Kenny, because he's a friend, he's in my mastermind. Most importantly, I think it's the best tool that's out there but I still have a subscription to AirDNA. I still look at Mashvisor. I still look at I Look at all of them. Those are probably the same four that Kenny used, if not something else, right? If I paid for all four of those for two months, it's probably less than 400 bucks, 500, 600 bucks. Let's say $600. If I'm buying a $500,000 property, that's like less than 1%. Why yep. would you not spend five or six hundred dollars to ensure you're making the right decision? Because most of you don't. That's why Kenny and I started billing Kenny's Hot Picks, to where we'll do all of that for you. So if you if you're not confident, and I am going to do a sales pitch here, if you feel like you're one of those people that don't know how to evaluate properties, we want to help you. We want oh, yeah. to make sure that you are making the right decision. You should go to bkhotpicks.com. I'll type it in here and I'll let Kenny talk here in a second, because we only deliver properties that are doing 15% plus gross ROI anywhere in the country. And we have different regions as well. You sign up for one of our regions. You want something in Florida or Alabama or Western North Carolina or California, you sign up for region. It's it's extremely affordable and it will save you so much pain, time and heartache, especially if you don't have the confidence to be able to evaluate properties and analyze the data as well as Kenya.
1: Yeah, and we also give historical data as well. I think that's really important. So you can see the trends in the actual data itself from 2019 and 2020 to 2021 to the last 12 months. Because there's definitely been a shift and we don't just use 2021 numbers to say, oh, this is what the revenue is. It's it's based on, you know, looking at the historical data and looking at what it's currently doing and the projections from there. So yeah. We've had several several investors. I find properties. We're excited to to see how well they do, so we can have that uh, those testimonials of you know actual. Hey, after a year of BK hot picks, you know what did uh, you know what did these people make from our decision? So, yeah, it's just a super valuable tool. But uh, I guess moving away
0: from that. We've talked about is brought to you by BK the <laughs> There to- we go. Can <laughs> you just put our children through college? Help us out. <laughs> yeah. Help us out. No. Well, We kind of got sidetracked more into the technical side of the evaluation process, Kenny. Um, that's probably my fault. It usually is. I'm the one that, you know, rain mans us into. Well, I, it's important
1: because I, it reminded me. So I was at, you know, I was at a conference. This, you were at the same conference. So we were in Houston together and I spoke to, Uh, I was actually a, STR Insight sponsored the conference. And so I had a little boost.
0: The Range Center War Summit with TJ Tajani down in Houston.
1: There you go. (laughs) Uh, So I I spoke to several different investors, uh, whether it was rental arbitrage or people who purchased properties. And they had horror stories. Like I'm talking, you know, they're like, yeah, I bought a property. (laughs) um, And I'm not trying to pick on Florida, but I bought a property in Florida or I bought a property in, you know, some random place. And it's not making as much money as I'm hoped, uh, and I'm actually losing money on it. I bought it, you know, at the beginning of this year, or did rental arbitrage at the beginning of this year, and I'm stuck in a lease. And I said, the number one question I asked is, I said, "What did you think it was going to make?" And they said, "I wasn't sure. I just got the property." And I, and that's scary. I know a lot of people listening don't, you know, don't do that. Hopefully, don't do that. Let's just assume they don't do that.
0: But that scares me to death, Kenny. Yeah. You have no idea. I, I'm glad you probably do now, but prior to yeah. insights, it's every week, every week. My agent told me it would make money. My agent said my, the property management company said it was doing 80, $90,000 a year. Right. I have to do your own research.
1: Well, and, and to kind of continue that, they just, and the crazy part, I said, well, did you, you know, you can buy some data, you know, we're here to help obviously, but there's other data sources and I'm like, ah, eh, you know, it's kind of pricey. And I said, you know, uh, take, I was like, our cheapest plan is less than $200. And I said, $200 mistake. Uh, you bought the data. It told you it's not the right place to go. Or a 20000 or a $100,000 mistake. Which what is- do you think
0: I would have told that dude? <laughs> yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I know. Look right? out two C-notes and save yourself $20. Right. What are you freaking thinking? Hello? Yeah. I I'm, I'm only supposed to do that on SCR and filtered, right? I'm supposed to be all all right. like, reserved right here, but that's the reality <laughs> of what the majority of people are doing. Right. And that's going to be a rude awakening, you know, this, this winter and in, into next spring. It ain't 2021 anymore, folks, but there's still good places to invest right now, Kenny. We've talked yeah. about two. Let's go through a couple more. So you you said, well, really, Hot Springs, Arkansas, Shenandoah, Snowshoe. Any other places that you're seeing data-wise? It's more regional.
1: So, you know, I I, I started noticing this uh, with S T R Insights is a lot of the top markets sit in similar regions as one another, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. <laughs> so it's not just like some anomaly that a particular market is doing well. So a lot of markets in uh, the Midwest, and we're talking like on the Great Lakes, on some sort of Water, not just the Great Lakes. I'll just say some sort of water in the Midwest, or, or by be- a national park, or by a national park, I, and the national park thing is is around the U.S. I'm not picking on the Midwest, saying that this is the best, you know, markets to invest in. But overall, if we're looking, if we're comparing urban, even on any type of lake or, or you know river or something like that, then the Midwest is doing very, very well. But I. You know, the, those are those are some great markets to look in, and um, you know, really find out
0: Midwest. In. Are you talking about like really down through the heart of the Midwest? I mean, like Kansas City or St. Louis or Des Moines. Um,
1: so more of like Michigan, Wisconsin, parts of Minnesota. Um, I, I I have seen Kansas City, and I mean, it's it's okay. It's a good urban market. Also, I would also look into. Just, and this is just general urban markets are making a comeback we talked about that a little bit on an earlier episode but they really are uh then each each month i see them kind of rising again and the cool part is like uh i mean with covid it scared off a lot of people so
0: their growth rate hasn't been it's, tourism. it's business travel it's yep. compression events meaning you know conferences and concerts right. and all those things and the, the, the thing that's interesting about that, and I know we talked, I think it was a couple episodes ago, but the one thing I want you guys to understand is that meetings and events. I mean, like if you go to an Omni hotel or an Oakland hotel or your convention center, they're like 70, 80% booked out through 2027 right now. It is 2022. I'm not shitting you that these huge events, you know, NRA events and, you know, these huge Southern Baptist Christian events and these cheerleading competitions, all these and I t- when I say huge, I'm talking like thirty-five hundred to five thousand plus twenty thousand people, ten thousand. Many they go to these conference centers are being built, and the same thing happened where I lived. We're they're catching up now because they're adding. They've been adding like fifteen hundred hotel rooms a year here for the last five years. But we built this mega convention center. We didn't have enough hotel rooms. It's one of the reasons we did not get like. And NFL Pro Bowl or the big all-star games or that type of stuff. We just didn't have enough hotel rooms. Now we're catching up in Nashville. There's a lot of places, you know, you look at downtown urban area, Indianapolis, huge compression event market. If you look at that trend, I, I promise you it's going up. Um, you look at one of the rates I love Gold Shores over Dustin, more year-round revenue because of the compression events. I just talked about this in my personal podcast about just literally looking at the, the huge soccer complexes and the amount of people that come there Six times seven weeks through the course of dead of winter when nothing else is going on around that area, and you have four to six thousand people going down there. Kenny, I'm taking my oldest daughter to Gulfport, Mississippi, and a a month from right now, there you go, there's going to be six thousand people they're expecting over three days for a girls' regional soccer tournament. So, are staying in that market for two days, right? Friday and Saturday night to be there. There's a game Friday night, Saturday, and then we're playing Sunday and we're out of there. So there's a couple of things that happen when you're evaluating markets, you need to understand that type of stuff that can impact your ADR, uh, impact your occupancy. But then you have to, even if you're already in a market and you're not paying attention attention to your compression events, you gotta do it. So I think the compression event markets like in Nashville, Tennessee, I mean, that's what's really helped it. You know, you look at Indianapolis and you talk about urban markets, Meetings, events, entertainment, concerts, wrestling, all those types of things are coming back and just standard business travel. We did, We haven't had those since literally late February, early March of 2020. And if you pay attention to the convention side in your city and the compression events, those two things are, once again, that deep dive that we've been talking about today. Get your data, then let that data kind of marinate and then take the subjective part and the uh, the external research part and put that on top of the data to make your decision. That's why Kenny's identifying these markets. It starts with the data, that, but then what surrounds it. Something that's really interesting that I would have as a takeaway today from what Kenny's mentioned, the number one thing that I heard him say is national parks. That's the number one thing. Forget about everything else. Literally go into your STR Insights account and sort by national parks. You can't do that in any other platform. I don't believe you can't. can't you? It's just SDR insights, right? You can't do that. at <laughs> No, you cannot. So national park sort, then click on your bedroom count and just go up. I think it's the third or fourth column from the left and look at that little tab that says ROI on it and look at the 40%. Look at the 20%. You'll see probably 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 properties before you even get down to the 15% threshold. And let me, Explain something to you that if you are buying a property at 15% gross ROI with a typical 20% down and nothing crazy post-close on renovations and stuff, you should be in roughly in that 30% catch on cash range. Those still exist. Yeah. You just have to know how to found them. And Kenny just dropped a bunch of just shiny gold knowledge bonds for you. <laughs> <old laughs> the secrets. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Kenny. Oh, thank you. All right, everybody. That's another wrap. STRonomics. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys on the next episode. See you guys. I'm V-Costain. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast
1: is a Hospitality.fm production.